a properly drafted living trust can own stock and participate in partnerships or limited liability companies. So it can also be used to smoothly transfer the family business to the next generation. So the trust, it can do a lot of different things that you know a simple will cannot. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement plans. It's another edition of the Retire Happy Podcast. Walter Strollett here alongside John Amarino, San Diego's premier holistic retirement advisor, a fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial, serving you throughout the San Diego area with an office on Trina Street. You can check them out online by going to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. Before we begin today's episode, a quick note that uh, those of you who may have been tuning in, uh, we are recording this before the presidential election today. Um, so at, at the time that this is released, well, I don't know. We may have a new president. We may not. Um, so we will likely be able to bring you a reactionary episode and be able to address that and talk about it a little bit more in the next episode of the podcast. But we wanted to take today, we're releasing this on November 11th, and that date is important for a couple of different reasons, which I'll let uh, John kind of detail for us here in a couple of moments, uh, because we're dedicating this episode to someone who is very special to John and John's family and John's business as well in many ways, and uh, in in memorial to that person. And the conversation will also relate to what we're going to talk about more in depth on today's show, a very important financial planning element, what retirees and pre-retirees need to know about wills and trusts. And we're going to get into that in more detail in the planning side of things later. But John, I know that um, you know you have had sort of uh, an unfortunate thing happen to you in your life with someone that you're dearly close to and have been for many, many years, a good friend of yours. Um, I believe we've even talked about him a couple of times here on the podcast today, and we're dedicating today's episode to him. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, what's gone on in the last couple of months with you and your friend? Yeah, so um, obviously, you know, some listeners, you might have gathered that you know around September we didn't have any podcast. And that was because um, we had uh, the unfortunate loss of my best friend, who is uh, more or less my brother uh, for the last 20 years. Um, he was he was my everyday text, call, you know, memes, everything. We talked every day. He was a big, he was a sister to my wife. Uh, he was a son to my parents and my wife's parents. Um, he was a part of our family. Um, and that was Sean uh, Waterman. And uh, not only from a personal standpoint, uh, the closest person, you know, that I've lost in my life and, and the huge void, but from a business standpoint, uh, many of you know Christina is my office manager and she is the, the engine behind the scenes that nobody really ever sees. That's also her husband. So, um, you know, we, we've gotten hit on both the personal and the business forefront and, um, you know, we're giving Tina time to, to grieve and heal and taking care of her. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is ded- dedicated to him. He, you know, it's Veterans Day today and November 11th, his 50th birthday. So uh, fitting for him to be born on Veterans Day. He served his whole life serving 
this country. He uh, worked 10 years in the Coast Guard on, on narcotics interdiction missions. And then he was a police officer for nearly 20 years, uh, both in the city of San Diego, San Diego PD, and then his uh, last 13 years up in Marietta PD. And uh, he was he was a great warrior, a true patriot. You know, he was a detective on the department, canine officer. He was a SWAT sniper. Um, he was an altogether good, old, traditional man. You know, cared deeply about his family, cared deeply about his wife. And, um, you know, he got uh, diagnosed a little over five years ago with a af- very rare aggressive form of cancer, sarcoma in the bone. And uh, we watched him for five years uh, battle. I mean, we're talking chemo almost for five years. And, uh, you know, we saw videos where he would call us, yeah, I just got done with, you know, chemo. Now I'm grading my driveway because they had beautiful horse property out in Temecula. Uh, Or he would be, you know, in unbelievable pain from the chemotherapy, the neuropathy, and he would be out fixing something at his mom's house through the pain. I mean, a warrior that... I have literally never experienced someone that could endure what he did and continued on living life like he had nothing. So this one's uh, dedicated to old Shawnee boy. Mm. And uh, uh, sorry for your loss, John, and for Christina's loss, of course, and uh, appreciate you telling us a little bit about his story on the show today. And I know we want to respect privacy, but I think it's okay to mention you, you told me before the show today that uh, he was surrounded by loved ones uh, when he when he passed. And, and so I think that's uh, something to be very fortunate and grateful for. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as, for as much pain and suffering as he endured eight surgeries, an above-the-knee amputation, he, he his, and, and I was by his bedside, he, it, it was a uh, very peaceful, very beautiful passing. So for that, I am grateful. From your short description, I am uh, sad and regret to have not ever had the chance to meet Sean, but uh, absolutely, this episode dedicated to you, sir, and John, thank you for telling us a little bit about him and sharing some kind words on the show today. And here's some good news. Um, You've been in his life for many years. I'm sure that you helped him and Christina uh, prepare for this event. You know, if there is such a thing as a silver lining in something like this, it's that you could see it coming and prepare for it and be ready for it. And uh, that's a little bit about what we want to talk about on today's show, trying to prepare for uh, this topic that nobody likes to talk about, of course. Uh, But when, you know, death comes to a family member, to someone that's in your life, some of the financial elements that need to be sorted out, some of the estate planning side of things, it's often overlooked because people don't want to talk about it, or maybe they get confused about it, or they have misunderstandings about wills and trusts. So we want to spend some time today in the memory of Sean talking about some of those kinds of things. And hopefully, I think you'll learn something on today's show about some of the critical questions that you need to ask as you prepare for retirement. So, uh, John, first of all, am I right? Are wills and trusts something that have a lot of misunderstandings around them? And to get things started, who needs to really know and pay attention to today's episode about these kinds of things? So in addressing your estate plan, it's important to have an estate plan because it's going to benefit you and your family by eliminating unnecessary probate costs, guardianship hearings, potential death taxes, and potential 
difficult decisions that your family may need to make on your behalf, you know, in a, in a medical, in a diminished medical capacity, you know, and, and proper estate planning gives their clients the ability to control their property while they're alive and to be able to take care of their loved ones and themselves if they become disabled. And it also gives them the opportunity to give what they have to who they want, when they want, and how they want to. And again, while doing that, be able to save tax dollars and other costs involved with professional key uh, fees and court and probate costs. So really without a good estate plan, you and your family lose control over your property. Your family is going to suffer through unnecessary court proceedings, and they're going to pay unnecessary taxes and expenses. And also your family may be put in a tough situation if you are facing major medical or life-threatening decisions, and they have to make those decisions for you. And, you know, if, if they're not all ingredients, then that can become a court battle. Okay. So good to understand that we all need to have our ears perked up for this show. <laughs> Everybody needs to understand wills and trusts, the differences between the two, and when it's right for you. And let's make that our next natural evolution, John. How does somebody know if one of those is going to be right for them or if they need both? Yeah, well, the first thing we need to always address is what if I choose not to have an estate plan? What if I choose not to plan for this? And if you don't have some type of estate planning document, like a will or a trust, then you'll leave to your family what is legally known as an interstate estate, right? Say that three times, interstate estate. This means that the deceased left their estate with no instructions. And those families who failed to plan, they'll have a really rude surprise awaiting them. And that is the government will fill in the blanks with its own plan. And after your death and the probate costs and taxes are paid, the court will divide the remaining estate according to the laws of interstate succession. And I don't know about you, Walter, but you know that I do not want the government making any decisions <laughs> over my estate. That's right. And I, I think, I think you know, and we all probably know how I feel about the government's inability to really do a lot of things that they're supposed to be good at. So I don't have any confidence that they're going to make the correct decisions for my estate. So I want that control for not only me, but for my clients. We answer what we want to avoid, right? We want to avoid that interstate estate. So to do that, you basically have a, com a couple of common documents that get estate planning started, and that is the will and the trust. Now, for the sake of time, we're going to go over the more common living trust. We're not going to get into the details of irrevocable trusts and, and sheltering assets and all that. We're going to keep it simple, and we're going to really just discuss the living trust because it's most applicable to our listeners and a lot of the people that come in to to get help uh, and become clients of mine. So we understand what we need to avoid, and that is an interstate estate. So the first thing we can look to is a will. And a will is a written document that tells the court how to divide your property at the time of your death. It also tells the court who should be the guardian if you have any young minor children like, like we do. 
and who will be your personal representative. So wills, when you die, your the will is filed with the court at the time of the death, and the court oversees the administration process, which is called probate. Now, there are a couple of important things that you must know about probate. So first, probate is used to gather a deceased person's assets. Then it's used to pay the creditors, the court costs, and taxes. Then it distributes what is left to those entitled to receive. Another thing you have to be aware of is probate is public record, and there must be a notice of probate proceeding given to all known creditors and to all creditors who might be known after careful investigation. Additionally, the court has set a time limit in which many of those creditors may file claims against your now deceased estate. And in general, you can expect a probate proceeding to last at a bare minimum nine months. Um, most take well over a year long. So a will is good because you're avoiding an interstate estate. But you have to understand that the probate process is expensive. And obviously, I live in California. A lot of my listeners for now live in California. And if you have uh, an estate of $500,000, which I mean, most, most of my clients and most of our listeners own a house, so you're already well past that. You could very well be looking at over $20,000 in probate costs and fees. Not to mention probate's time-consuming, it's intrusive, and last but not least, again, it's public record, so it intrudes on your family's privacy. So that brings us to the next document, and that's the trust or a living trust. So what is a trust? A trust is a written legal document that provides instructions on how the property is distributed. Now, I mentioned a living trust, which is also known as the inter vivos trust. So for all you Latin people, that means that it not only offers benefits post-death, but it also offers lifetime planning opportunities, such as instructions on how to manage your property or powers of attorney if you become disabled or incapacitated. Now, there's many advantages of a properly designed and funded living trust, including the ability to plan for a possible disability that we just, you know, we just mentioned that, legitimate tax avoidance, asset protection for the surviving spouse, um, the ability to protect uh, your spouse and children's privacy, and to avoid probate. It also gives the clients the ability to protect their assets from the beneficiary's creditors, right? From it gives you the ability to protect from a potential secondary spouse, right? Let's say the surviving spouse gets remarried, right? Your trust can protect that money from that spouse. It can also protect that money from ex-spouses of beneficiary children. And it really gives you control from the grave because it allows you to set some parameters for the trustee as to how and when that money will be distributed. So that's, you know, all the post-death benefits to it. But additionally, your living trust should include a power of attorney and a healthcare or medical directive to ensure that the proper people are taking care of your finances and making the medical decisions that you want on your behalf in the event that you're incapacitated and cannot make those decisions anymore. So... I am a big fan of getting the living trust. 
So Living Trust, definitely the one that we wanted to spend the most time talking about today. And thank you for breaking those different things down for us, John. Is a trust, by the way, just out of curiosity, is that are we just talking about money in trust or can other assets like, let's say, property be included in that? Yeah, property uh, can be included in trust. Um, it, it's recommended. Um, furthermore, a properly drafted living trust can own stock and participate in partnerships or limited liability companies. So it can also be used to smoothly transfer the family business to the next generation. So the trust, um, you know, it can do a lot of different things that, you know, a simple will cannot. Okay, good to know. And what are we talking about in terms of cost here? I mean, how much does it, um, do we need to budget for, for a will or a trust? Right. Well, a will, you know, it might cost a couple hundred dollars. A trust can cost a couple thousand. In California, specifically, I tell my clients, listen, now's not the time to pinch, you know, uh, dimes and nickels. Um, spend the money and get a good attorney, spend a couple thousand dollars on a trust and have all those advantages that we just previously mentioned included because that couple thousand dollars is going to be much cheaper than say $20,000 or more in probate, right? Now's not the time to do, you know, the cheap do-it-yourself legal Zoom route. Hire a professional attorney, get a properly drafted will, or you know, even better, a properly drafted trust to ensure um, that you know you're protected in case something happens to you while you're living, and then when you do, that your your money passes on to who you want, how you want it, in the most efficient manner. You know, also including fees and taxes, and in a private manner. So, John, who do I talk to about this? You know, if there's somebody listening to our show today, who do they talk to about setting up a will or a trust? And then what role do you play as a financial advisor in the matter? Right. Well, obviously, um, you need to talk to a good estate planning attorney, right? And and I have some that we work with that I, I always will recommend to clients. But do not cut corners. I cannot stress that enough, right? Pay a couple thousand dollars get a good plan written for you. Um, it's going to protect you. It's going to protect your family, and it's going to protect your assets in the long run. As for a financial advisor, you know, I look at myself personally as a first line of defense for my clients. Um, you know that I, as a holistic planner, look at everything for my clients. It's just not investment. So, you know, some advisors, they may not, they, hey, they may just simply tell you, just like with taxes, go talk to a CPA or, you know, go talk to your estate planning attorney. For me, I've taken the time to get educated with trust. You know, I'm not giving legal advice, but I'm sitting here and I, if my clients or someone coming in does not have a trust, I begin to start to educate them as to what will happen if they don't have these proper documents on file. Also, another big area as a financial advisor that we play is that we can help determine what assets should be in a trust. There are plenty of people who should name their trust as their beneficiaries on their beneficiary documents. And then there are plenty of people who should name actually living people, right? A trust is an entity. So I say, oh, living people. Yeah, it has to be a person. A trust is an entity that there's circumstances where you're going to want to list a living person rather than an entity 
on your retirement beneficiary document. And speaking of beneficiary document, that is actually the most important estate planning document, period, right? And that's not coming from me. That's coming from the Supreme Court, right? These beneficiary documents can avoid probate. And Supreme Court case law has stated that it actually trumps a trust. What you have on a beneficiary document will be where that money goes. And that leads to the horror stories of not having your beneficiary documents current and accurate, right? You don't want to have an ex-spouse on your beneficiary document and you get remarried and you never change that beneficiary document because it was an old 401k and you end up disinheriting those assets from your new spouse because you never updated your beneficiary documents. And that is where, in a nutshell, the Supreme Court case law came from. It was a spouse um, who was not named as a beneficiary. His wife actually got a, had a 401k from the time she was like 21. She, she became a school teacher and listed her mom and her sister as the primary beneficiaries, and they never got it updated. And the trust attorney never saw any of these beneficiary documents. So even though they had a trust, the beneficiary document, when the wife died, the 401k plan administrator paid out the sister 100% because now the mom died. And the husband of 30 years was cut out. And we're talking this retirement account had about a million dollars in it. And essentially what the Supreme Court said, listen, the beneficiary document is a superseding document. It trumps what a trust says. Um, so, you know, again, as the advisor, we're not only going to help them with the basic knowledge as to why they should look at some of these estate planning documents, but we're going to help guide them to a qualified estate planning attorney if they need one. And we're going to guide them on which is the most efficient way tax-wise and wealth-wise to pass on their estate uh, to their beneficiaries. And last but not least, and we do this at every annual review, I always look over and we confirm that their beneficiary forms are thoroughly and accurately completed with the people who they want their money to pass. And last but not least, we also make sure that they not only have primary beneficiaries, but they have contingent beneficiaries because God forbid your spouse is your primary beneficiary. Both of you end up in a car crash, you both die, and you have no contingent beneficiaries, then, um, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, hopefully the trust will, will take over at, at that point in time. But, you know, uh, a trust is not always the most tax efficient way to pass assets for from qualified retirements. We're not talking property or non-qualified. So retirement assets, you know, trusts aren't always the most efficient way to pass that by. So that's why most oftentimes, the beneficiary document becomes key for retirees especially. And it's very key to not only have primary, but contingent beneficiaries. So that's really, as a financial advisor, some of the areas we focus on. I know there are some other layers that we could dive into, as you mentioned throughout the show today, John, but we'll kind of cap things off there for now. But don't tune away and uh, switch to another podcast just yet. Uh, if you've made it this far, please continue listening, because, John, this is all timely and important to talk about, uh, not just because of what we talked about with Sean at the beginning of the episode and this show being dedicated to him, but you as a firm have also um, you know, been in the works of launching 
um, kind of an, a new part of your business, a new program, a new feature. Uh, how do you want to call it? Maybe I should let you do the honors here. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but that has yeah. to specifically deal with estate planning, which is kind of exciting yeah. for you. And, you know, this this year we uh, we started to plan rolling out what's called the Family Estate Organizer. So the question I, I have for my listeners, my students, you know, when I was teaching and, you know, uh, people are coming in my office is which of you is the one that handles all the financial, legal and tax affairs and knows exactly where everything is. And typically it's one of the spouses. Now with my clients, both spouses have to be involved. And I am confident that both spouses know exactly what to do in the event of one of their spouse dying. But what we decided to do is we started coming together and designing a binder or a PDF file, however people want it, that will represent one simplified and organized place for our clients and their family to always know where all the important documents are. And that's called the Family Estate Organizer. And we tell them, listen, this binder or this this thumb drive needs to be kept in a safe place in your, you know, whether that's a, a fireproof safe. And your kids and your spouse need to know how to access this. And really what the binder will do is it's going to serve a couple of purposes. First, for the spouses, it will give the the two of them, a mutual filing system. And when one of them passes away, the other will know exactly where everything is and how to go about their business. Now, when the second person passes away, the beneficiaries won't have to look through every file cabinet, every drawer, and every safe deposit box to find everything. They can settle the entire estate out of this binder. And we put it, we're going to put a checklist into the binder, which is called the survivor's checklist. It's going to tell the beneficiaries what to do day one, week one, after one month, after six months to settle the estate. And we'll, we'll have this updated every annual review will update. So it's current and, you know, in seeing, you know, I know we talked about this even before the show, you know, not even talking about Sean, but since 2016, I have lost five friends in my life, three of them very close friends. And and three people, you know, including Sean, have passed in 2020 alone. Not one of these people, Walter, was over the age of 53. So, you know, to say that this isn't really not only taking a toll personally on me, but, you know, as a planner, I learn and I plan for my clients on my own life experiences too. What I've learned, you know, in my last couple of years that life is precious and that we have to, no matter how old you are, you have to plan for this. But then you also see, you know, I've experienced the grief firsthand, but I also see what it's done to the families. And, you know, obviously families have turned to me because I'm a financial advisor and, and you know, they've asked me for help. So, you know, we really want the estate transfer process after one of you or both of you to be as easy as possible because it's difficult. Not only are you dealing with the just the emotional grieving stress, but you know, finding all that stuff and trying to understand what to do, it's difficult. It can be costly and there can be critical, timely decisions that during a time of grief, it's just really hard for people to have to do. And, you know, we want, we've designed this 
to help spare beneficiaries the complications that can occur during the estate settlement. So, you know, by being able to roadmap out those critical decisions over a time, uh, over like milestones, and to show them where everything is and to be an asset for them. Because what I tell my clients is this, listen, everyone, when you become a client, you become part of my family. And my clients will tell you, that is without a doubt an absolute truth. And my clients, they just don't matter to me, but their kids matter to me. And where my client's money goes matters to me because I rather, I know my clients want that money to pass to their kids or to their charities, not to the government. So when my clients pass, that is another step in our planning process that I want to make sure that I honor them in the right way. And, you know, we feel really good about what we're designing and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have this rolled out come 2021. And, and I've mentioned it to a couple of our clients um, here in recent reviews, and they're excited about it. That's really great to hear, John. And I'm glad that you've taken the steps to put this in place. So that is just wonderful. Again, it's the estate planning organizer, a new feature to the services that John Lamarino and the team at Securus Financial certainly offer you. If you want to talk to John about some of the things that we've discussed on today's show. I know it was a lot, a lot of details and moving parts when we talk about estate planning and wills and trusts, and it can be a lot to wrap your mind around. Just know that the planning process is very easy to follow. Uh, John lays everything out step by step. There is a process, certainly a method to the madness to make sure that you understand every piece of the puzzle as it's getting assembled about your financial life so that you can be comfortable with what is planned before you. If you want to reach out again, give a call to John to talk about these things at 858 858- 935-6210 can get a review of where you stand in your financial and retirement planning life and uh, John's happy to take a look at that with you. It just starts with a simple phone call or by getting in touch via the website gosecurus.com your place to go there. That's gosecurus.com and we'll put the contact information in the description or the show notes section of today's show. John really appreciate your help, guidance and uh, your thoughtfulness on today's show. Thanks for taking the time out to do this. And uh, we're going to look forward to talking to you again on the next episode of the show. But until then, take care, my friend. Thanks, Walter. You take care, and we'll uh, talk to you next month. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us on today's program. For John, I'm Walter, and we'll talk to you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.